BDR's Prime Resources Podcast is dedicated to providing you with the knowledge you need to help your business achieve prime results, with prime being the most flourishing stage or state. Let's do this. Welcome to the Prime Resources Podcast. I'm Matt MacArthur, BDR's Director of Training. Today, our topic is surviving and thriving in a family business. Joining us today is BDR head coach, Jay Crow. Jay, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Matt. Pleasure to be here. So glad to have you here, Jay, a first timer on the podcast, which is wonderful. So I think uh, in honor of that, could you tell our listeners a little bit about your background and what you do for BDR? Absolutely. So I am a head coach with BDR. I had a HVAC plumbing business in Memphis, Tennessee for 21 years. Uh, My father and I started it years ago. I was a client of BDR's as well. So I very much got acclimated to the water that way, got to meet all the great people of BDR from being a client. And then once I sold, was lucky enough to be invited on to the other side. My clients now cover the gamut, uh, which is very exciting. I I work with HVAC, plumbing, electrical. I've got whole home solar, I mean, whole home generators, solar. So I get a wide variety of of people from all over the country and and great companies. So yeah, I'm just really enjoying this journey. Okay. Well, it sounds like you're a great person to be talking about our subject today, having been in a family business working with uh, clients that have family businesses of their own. So uh, I think we can just get into our discussion today on surviving and thriving in a family business. My first question to you, Jay, is what are the common challenges that you see when you're working with clients in a family business? Yeah, absolutely. I do have many of my clients are, are some dynamic of family business. I would say that the, the the most common challenges when working with family is, you know, first communication. That's probably number one. Clear, intentional communication with family members really goes a long way. I would say that another common challenge is, is maybe overcoming that family hierarchy, if you will. Uh, there are many forms of family dynamics that that play a factor in, in a business setting. You can have older brothers and younger brothers working together, and, and that sibling dynamic can spill over into a workplace. Um, the obvious is father and son. That's a very common way for a lot of trade companies to be operating, and that can certainly play a factor in the office. Uh, but trying to put family uh, dynamics aside and work together is, is really, really important. I would say another one is very common uh, challenge that I see are family members trying to do similar jobs. Sometimes when family members are in the same office space, they, they want to be equal. They feel like they're, they're both family. Maybe they're both owners. Maybe it's two brothers who want to, quote unquote, run the business together. And it can be very difficult to make progress if multiple people are trying to do the same job. So, so those are a few obje- uh, common objections that we, we try to overcome sometimes when we're working with clients. Okay. Yeah, I think that's a great start. I want to dig into a couple of those. Particularly, you know, you mentioned the hierarchy and the family dynamics. I've got one sibling. I've got a younger sister. And 
I could see right away. We're not, I've never worked with her. I don't think I could work with her (laughs) because I see that, that hierarchy, those family dynamics, just not working for us. We would both want to be the the leader and and you kind of got into that later. So Mm -hmm. I think that one is a natural. Can we talk a Mm -hmm. little bit more about communication? You said the importance of having intentional communication, but what do you, what do you mean by that? Can you go a little deeper there? Absolutely. Uh, a really great question. I love the conversation of communication. Good communication plays a vital role in all businesses, but it's especially important with a family business. I believe having good communication can not only enhance our business and the product that we're putting out, but can save a lot of relationships. That communication can be anything. It can be very vague. It can be anything from having regular meetings to some more structural items like specific job descriptions. Uh, The more structure, the better, uh, in my opinion. You know, when we talk about regular meetings, for example, this can be with family members, a management team. Uh, Some of the ways I like to hold my meetings were, you know, to make sure that, that your team is aware of the items or the projects that you're working on. Be very clear on current projects. And I say the word clear and intentional often when I talk about business, but uh, being very clear about what you're working on, then try to explain the why. This is why I'm working on this project. This is the benefit I believe that it brings to the company. This is the benefit I believe it will add in the future. And then to spell out specifically, how are we going to carry out these items? How is is this process going to be delivered to the company. And I'll tell you an interesting story. So I have two stepdaughters and you may know some of our listeners may relate to this. If you have kids, you pick your kids up from school or you're you're going around, you know, what would you like for dinner? And they say, I don't know. I don't care. And you go, okay, well, we'll get pizza. And then they go, I don't want pizza. So you say, well, then what would you like? And they say, I don't know, but I don't want pizza. So we had a rule in our family that you're not allowed to take something off the table unless you put something back on the table. And I really like this trick in our business meetings as well. Try in those regular meetings, try not to just shoot down an idea or a proposed plan without both putting something back on. So that worked really well for us, both at home and at business. So the regular meetings, that's just the start of communication. Try to be very clear on what what we're working on, why we're working on it and, and the benefits that it will work on. I really like having specific job descriptions, task lists for each position. I talked about this a minute ago, people trying to do the same job. So really taking a moment to define your lane, you know, this helps convey your responsibilities versus other family members or other team members really helps us define what we're working on and, and not try to do the same job. And then another great thing about communication is is try not to make sudden changes. So now we've had this meeting, we've defined what we're working on, how we're going to carry it out. If we make sudden changes without really conveying why we're changing or what we're going to, that can create confusion. It can be threatening in a family. So always being transparent about what we're working on and why. You know, there's, there's many aspects to communication, but I believe those three really will help us dial in a clear path in what we're working on and define our lane. Yeah, it's interesting that you said define your lane. This is exactly what came into my mind as you were talking there. I was like, 
stay in your lane. You know, we, right. we need to know what our lanes in. And, and I can see that there's kind of a shorthand when you're in a family together that might get carried over into the business on the communication and the relationships. And what you said is, is makes so much sense that we've got to kind of redefine everyone's relationship when we're working in the business. We do that through the job descriptions. We do that through the regular communication, saying what we're working on and why we're working on it and kind of reframe everyone's roles when they're in the business. And it may not be the same as when they're in the family. Exactly. Yeah, I think that really helps uh, define your lane. Everybody feels like I'm, I'm a family member, I'm a management team, I can do this. And, uh, but that doesn't mean that's what we need. That's not what's best and, and the most path of least resistance, if you will. Sure. This is very interesting to me. It just so happened recently. I was, I was at one of the BDR training class out in the field. Just so happened there was a company there. So there was uh, the mother and father that had started the business and they had three, their three boys were in the class with them. And the reason they brought the three boys to the class was they were wanting to transition the company to those three boys. And one was one was the service manager, one was the install manager, and one was a technician. And even at that time, I was like, this is going to be really interesting how they figure out who's going to be the leader of the three boys and, and how all that's going to work out. So I, I want to circle back. I'll circle back to that later because I might, I might ask mm -hmm. you for some advice for that company. But right now, I want to talk a little bit about conflict because you know, we're talking a lot about communication. In the family, you know, there's always kind of things that go on and then we add a business to it. So what happens when we start having conflict around these things, what's going on in the business or somebody's role or what they're working on? How do we handle that conflict, Jay? Yeah, great question. Hopefully uh, we're communicating well. Hopefully we have, have the structure in place. We have these lanes defined. Uh, but obviously, even then, issues can come up. And I encourage my clients, companies that I work with, if you're if you're in a family business, there are family dynamics to to also have a conflict resolution plan established up front. Let's go ahead while things are going really well. Let's go ahead and agree as a team. This is how we're going to handle it if we do not agree uh, at some point. Uh, so, but there are a few things that we can that we can do. Uh, you know, so we we want to have that conflict resolution plan. But even then. You know, one thing that we can do is I love to bring everyone back together again, family and or management team privately. Let's see if we can talk out these disagreements. Let's go back to our communication and see if we can work out anything from that standpoint, revisiting common ground that we had at one point, maybe business plans, business goals that we had oftentimes realign us back to the same page. I got this advice from my business coach, and it was really great advice. They uh, encouraged me to find an attorney. This attorney allowed me to keep pay him a small retainer. I think I paid him $100 a month. But for that, I got unlimited phone calls and emails. He didn't do any paperwork for me, but he would answer questions. And I would rely on him often about business advice. Our family could come together. It was a third party that we respected. And so if we, if we did have something we needed to ask about, we would go to him sometimes. And that was a huge help. 
And then of course, for clients on pro program, I encourage you to, to talk to your BDR coach and see if this is an experience that they have had before that they can help you work out and maybe give you some guidance as well. Okay, that's a lot of great things there. So when we face conflict in a family business, you know, hopefully we've done some work in advance on the conflict resolution plan or process. I like that. And I want, I want to come back to that. Uh, revisit common ground, whether, you know, say, hey, well, this is, doesn't line up with our business plan goals that we had. We got to get back in alignment or maybe find that third party attorney or coach that can support that discussion. So Jay, I want to come back to the con conflict resolution plan because I'm not sure everyone will know what that looks like or what what are some of the pieces of a conflict resolution plan? Yeah, so really what we're trying to do as a team is pre-plan for steps. If uh, if if we don't agree, is it what specifically in, in what order are we going to resolve this conflict? And it really ties, I mean, it really is some of the things I just mentioned. In that conflict resolution plan, it can be an attorney, a coach, something like that, that we revisit. But just having it pre-planned, like we know we're not going to have to come together in the heat of the moment and figure out how we're going to resolve this. We've agreed upon this up front as, as what we're going to do. The attorney was a huge help. He was in our town. He knew our market. He worked with other small businesses. And in many ways, he was a coach as well. He, he had other clients that he could compare to or, or talk things out with. But that's literally, it, it's just a, hey, if we get to an impasse and we, we're going to go to this plan and we're going to do, we're going to check each box until we have resolved it as a team. Okay. Yeah, that, that makes tons of sense. I think that's going to be a great takeaway for a lot of folks listening to this if, if they don't have that already to work on that. You know, we've talked about roles and job descriptions and, and being clear on what everyone should do. Are, are there some structures, you know, the way they structure a family business that you've seen work better than others? Well, the structure that I see with the most success would probably be if there's one owner. If we have 50-50 ownership, I, I'm certainly not discouraging that. I, I'm not saying that's impossible, uh, but that is certainly a bigger struggle, str uh, struggle for owners if they have a 50-50 partner. So I would say the most successful structure is if they have one owner. There can be many family members in the company, but one, one chef, if you will, is, is probably the most successful. Again, if I have multiple owners in a company, which I do have clients like that, uh, we just want to step back to the original, you know, so let's define what each of you do then, because if you do the same thing, we are going to have a hard way. You know, everybody has their own opinion, their own experiences that we bring to the table. We want to use those uh, in a successful way. But if we butt heads too often, it will slow down our progress. So I would say probably the most Successful structure is having one owner or at least one lead person defined by the team. Okay, great. Now, I want to change gears a little bit now, Jay. We, we've talked a whole bunch about the family in the business. Now, I want to talk a little bit about maybe the other people in the business that are not part of the family. How does that dynamic work as far as, um, let's just take communication first. I know there's things that what should a family communicate to other team members that aren't part of the family 
or are there things they should not communicate? What, what's the balance there? Great question. Um, I do believe in keeping things professional while at the office. I would avoid bringing family drama or issues into a workplace. Try to compartmentalize uh, your work and your personal life to a, to a point. Doesn't mean we want to be so cold that coworkers don't see the other side of us, but we want to keep things professional as much as possible. One thing I love sharing with all employees, management team is discussing those company goals, our target, our management goals. We certainly want to share any plans. Maybe there's a family member that's close to retiring or backing out of the business. Feel free to talk about all these. These, these kind of moves can, can be great in a company, but they can also seem unsteady to employees. So you just want to be an open book, talk about these things. This is coming. These are some, some goals that we're working on, but business plan, business goals, management goals, love sharing that with with coworkers. I, I, I like for our, our management team to present a unified front. And uh, so, yeah, I would, I just, other than keeping the actual family dynamics out of it, I, even if it's a family management team uh, involved, but sharing the goals for the company, where we're heading, where we've been is, is really, key for their success and a comfort level to them. Okay. Now, what about in a situation, so we've got a family business, we've got family members that are you know, part of the leadership team. Now we've got the other people in the company, not part of the family. What happens if they see a family member kind of like in their career path, kind of like, well, I'll never be the install manager because Joe, this is the brother, is the install manager. So how do you handle those situations? Yeah, that's a that's a very common one um, as well. I, I think a lot of it still goes back to the structure. You know, one thing that we did uh, in my in my company was if a new position opened up, well, we we took applications even from within, not just from with outside the company, but we treated it very professional. We tried to make it make everyone understand that we're generally taking into consideration your performance, um, your experience, um, those kind of things. So, you know, the structure aspect of that, it needs to be based on value that you bring to the company, your experiences, not just that you're a family member. So I think that treating that process in a professional manner will help alleviate a lot of that as well. If they, if they see the brother-in-law filling out an application just like them, I think that helps a lot in that particular example. Okay, that, that makes sense. So yeah, even if they're a family member, a new position opens up, everybody's got to follow the same application process, go through the same steps, you know, in that, yeah. uh, that makes total sense. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that because I can see that being a challenge uh, as the, the business grows. And if the non-family members in the company can't envision themselves growing within that company, that, that could be a challenge. Absolutely. So let's talk now, Jay. We've kind of talked about some of the, many of the challenges and, and things to do and what happens when there's conflict and poor communication. But what, what's, let's go to the positive side now. What, what's the upside of being in a family business? Mm. Yeah, there are a lot of upsides, you know, potentially to working in a family business. And I'll tell you one of one of the best ones is what a great rapport or, or bonds building moment in a family, sharing that success of a strong company, 
being able to achieve something uh, like building a profitable company together, it really brings people together. You know, it can it can be a group of team members that you trust intensely. Uh, when everyone is on the same page and and chugging the same direction, it it can do wonders for those bonds and and building trust. And it could be a long term plan. It could be something that we're building and leaving for for the next family generations. And and that is immensely rewarding as well. We're looking out for our kids or our kids' kids and look at the great things we're we're putting together. It's so the probably you know the biggest one is just yeah building building those relationships together, building a company together, and it, it just it intensifies that trust, those bonds and, and, and the goals that will, will follow down the road. So it can absolutely be a super rewarding process. Yeah, you can, you can really create a, a legacy uh, within the family that spans, can span generations. It makes me think a few years ago, I went down on the, to the Bourbon Trail and one of the uh, distilleries I went to, I, I think it was Angel's Envy. I just, I remember real clearly as you, just as you walk in, they have pictures of all the family members that are involved yep. in, in the business. And, it, you know, it went back multiple generations and, mm-hmm. you know, we've got companies that I'm sure that you work with that are either already like that or on the verge, uh, you know, that's what they're building towards. It's so cool. Dude, I have a client uh, that they're in their fourth generation wow. of, of family members in this business. They've been around a long time an amazing reputation in the community and they are extremely close tight-knit family so yes it can be immensely rewarding to work together yeah no that that is so cool fourth generation not many businesses make it that long that that's impressive okay so we've had a great discussion here jay and i think maybe as a way to start wrapping this up i want to come back to that family i saw at that recent class with the two parents and the three boys so what would be your advice to that family? So we've got the to two parents, they've got these three boys that they're wanting to hand off the business to. What should they do? So I would love to ask them a few questions um, and, and see where these kids are that are looking to take over the business. But I'm going to tell you something that I see in many clients, companies that I work with, and it is so powerful. But when the children that may potentially take this business over one day when they work their way up. I mean, when they have spent those those afternoons in the hot attic installing a system or beside a condenser in those, you know, hot summers and, and the blazing sun. And when they can truly relate to the different positions coming up through the company, I find that buys a huge amount of trust and respect. And so I normally start there. It doesn't it's not the only way to do it, but I would encourage that family, if they have the time, to really get those children exposed to different positions so that when they're on the management side and, and they're making business decisions, that personal aspect of it is in those decisions. And they know exactly what it feels like and what they're asking these technicians or installers or salespeople to do in the home. And so I would probably start with that. I would ask them, what kind of experience do they have and do we have the time and capability of getting them some 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 in-home experience yeah i think i think that's great advice and i can see that being a challenge in a family business if if there's a take one of those brothers and they say okay well this brother's going to be the lead 
but he hasn't done what you said, you know, hasn't worked those different positions, hasn't made those connections within the company. It might look a little funny to the people that are not in the family and that are in the business, kind of like, oh, well, we knew he was going to go to the head of the line. He, he didn't have to pay his dues. Exactly. You know, uh, I think that goes a long way in, in really setting them up for success and then also building the trust and respect, as you said, from the rest of the team so that they want to, you know, follow this new leader. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's a pretty good place for us to close the conversation here, Jay. Uh, any final thoughts about surviving and thriving in a family business that you'd like to share? You know, I would just want to leave the, the listeners with a little positive note. Go into it with the, you know, best of expectations. Go into it with a positive attitude. It absolutely can be rewarding. Just be aware of some of the things we mentioned. Go ahead and set up some of that structure up front. Define roles. Define how we're going to handle different situations that come. But don't be hesitant about it. Go into it with the positive attitude. Be professional. And it can be one of the more rewarding things in your life. Absolutely. Wahoo. Yeah, you can totally build a legacy that spans multiple generations. So, Jay, mm-hmm. uh, thank you so much for doing this. This was fantastic. Thank you so much, Matt. Really enjoyed it. I appreciate your time. Excellent. Well, I know we've got a few other ideas for future episodes, so I look forward to that. So I thank you, Jay. Uh, I thank everyone for listening, and uh, we will catch you next time.